0: 70 WDAY. Good afternoon, Natil. How are you? Not too bad today. It's a beautiful day down here in Fargo-Moorhead. I hope you're experiencing as much sunshine and wonderful weather as we are. It's uh, it's pretty nice up here. Grass is green. Leaves are budding. It's a it's nice a good spring uh, day. It's a nice time in North Dakota. Hey, if you want to join the program, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Busy show today in a moment. Going to be talking with uh MHA tribal chairman uh Mark Fox uh he's going to be on here in just a moment also coming up at 135 Ron Ness from the North Dakota Petroleum Council is going to be on we're going to be talking about that uh that that vote on on the methane rule in the senate yesterday which I, I realize is a little bit down in the weeds policy but it's a pretty significant deal for our state and uh, for my guests uh community as well Chairman Fox thank you for your time today Yep. Hello. Yes, thank you for being on. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, Senator Heitkamp, in explaining, because her, her vote surprised a lot of people. I, I think a lot of people were expecting her to vote against, uh, or excuse me, vote for the CRA, vote for repealing the rule. She said that it was support for the rule from your tribe that was a, a significant factor in her decision. She said, I quote, I thought it was critically important that we listen to the people of the tribe. And the tribal government, so so you folks oppose the rule, correct
1: we We uh, had conditional support for the rule and not repealing it, and uh, as I clarified before and uh, with media and some have gotten it wrong, obviously, but we our basic position is this is that uh, if you're not going to repeal it, and we're not advocating that they should be. Because quite honestly, in front of us, if you repeal that, we go back to the old way. If there's nothing better to be put in front of us at the three affiliated tribes, then under the old rule, we were suffering greatly. And so what we did is we offered since February and then again in April, conditional support for the rule, uh, the venting and flaring rule. And, but our conditions are as such. One, we think there should be greater deference to tribal law, tribal rules, tribal regulation for oil and gas uh, activity that occurs uh, through venting and flaring of methane and waste gas, there should be greater deference towards our laws on Fort Berthold. And uh, the problem we've had historically is the federal agencies, through the law, have not done that. And so we we need more control to protect our, our land, our people, and our resources. And so that was one of the things that we asked for as a conditional support for not repealing it and keeping it. The second one was uh, what we asked for is to quit treating tribal trust lands, lands held in trust by the United States of America for the benefit of Native American tribes and federally recognized tribes and their membership. Quit treating our lands like federal public lands. These are tribal trust lands; these are federal trust lands, they're, they're, it's a whole different uh, situation here. It's, it has different requirements, has different uh, uh, obligations and concerns, fiduciary responsibilities. And so that's what's been happening historically: is they'll pass a rule towards federal lands, and uh, then make it a broad-based against all lands that are titled in the United States of America, including trust lands. Now you have tribes that are on those trust lands that are being impacted, and we have uh, no control, or things are occurring in which we can't uh, weigh in and get our our. Our position asserted, and so our position is, yeah, you keep the rule, but you modify that rule because whether it's the old rule that didn't work or if you don't care and conduct a new rule in the proper way proper way with those two items, we're going to continue to suffer harm. So that's well, what me, we, why we said we have a conditional support
0: for yeah. it. Uh, well, let me – let me. I, and I, well, first of all, I want to say I 100% agree with you about uh, whether it's trust land or tribal land as far as i'm concerned it should be up for the tribe I'm, I'm a pro pro oil development guy i'm a pro coal guy i'm I'm all for using mm-hmm. these resources that are in the land but when it comes to tribal i think it should be up to you i think the rest of us should should butt out and if you guys don't want oil development you don't have to have it if you do want oil development it should be up okay. to you i am i am four four square in favor of tribal sovereignty but let me Appreciate let me ask that. you this because I was talking with Congressman Kramer, and he's been on – and this is why I'm a little bit confused because while this debate was going on weeks ago, I had Congressman Kramer on this program, and he told me a delegation from your tribe was in his office and and were were against the rule and, in fact, had told him that Senator Heitkamp was going to support the CRA repealing the rule. And I checked with him again this morning because I wanted to be sure I had this right, and he told me – I quote. An entire delegation from MHA sat in my office and told me they opposed the rule and that Heidi Heitkamp pledged her support for the CRA. Now, that's a direct quote from him. Okay. Did, did you well, guys change your on, position? I can't
1: speak on behalf of Congressman Kramer, but I can assure you Mark Fox was, wasn't into his uh, group that he seems to be alluding to. I was not. My letter came out in February, and it's the same stance. And then when I brought it before my fellow council members last month, to make sure that we're all on the same page, I read my letter and I said, Is there anything different from my February letter, which is what I explained to you when we first started our conversation? The same stance that we take in conditional support for it. Uh, then I said, Is there anything that my con- you, as my counsel, want to change in this or anything different? And they all agreed, No, we want to keep it the same. So I'm here to tell you and to tell Congressman Kramer or anybody else. That that is our formal position, that we we said the rule doesn't have to be repealed, but it does have to be revised and modified for those two issues for us to continue to support it.
0: I, he, I mean, he, 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 he met with the delegation, and he sent me a picture then, of the delegation. I mean, did, did he... Is he mischaracterizing what they said? Is he not telling the truth about what that delegation uh, well, told him?
1: Well, like I said, I won't speak on his behalf. I, I, maybe there is mischaracterization, but I'm telling you the formal position, well, not only as the chairman of the tribe, but as the council as a whole, as late as late April, has been exactly what I'm telling you now.
0: All right, seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at WDAY.com. Um, anything else you want to add? I mean, obviously we have a new administration here. Uh, the administration kicked yeah. off with, with, you know, a, a not-so-great relationship over the, the pipeline, uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline in that situation. H- how are you feeling so far with with the new Secretary of the Interior? Uh, are, are you feeling like, like they're listening to you folks, that, that, that there might be some opportunities to work together?
1: I, I think there are going to be opportunities to work together. We just came from Washington, D.C. last week. And from uh, Senator Holven coming to our energy conference, uh, we had a, a great Conference up there in which many of the tribes who are in fossil fuel development were there. Uh, Senator Hovind came and spoke before us. Uh, our, our new uh, uh, Interior Secretary Zinke came as well to share his words and thoughts. You know, so we believe that there's, there's some great opportunities. Uh, for energy tribes to uh, uh, to address these issues that we 're talking about with tribal control, sovereignty, the rights that we have to determine how our, our resources are going to be developed, uh, we think there 's some great opportunity there, but we 've got some some hiccups there we 've got some, some hurdles to get over some of the hurdles right now is you 've got a new administration coming in and when they 're focusing just on reversing what the previous administration does, then what the danger you get is you 're going to start Start uh, undoing some things that are very good. You're going to start undoing some pro- uh, some some some, uh, uh, some advancements that together the federal government and the tribes have been able to put together. We don't need that happening. For example, of that, we have a quarterly what we call federal tribal partnership meeting. Uh, we, we sit down. We sit down with all the federal agencies you know, on rules like this and everything else. And we begin to discuss those, and, and we start ironing out our problems to make things work better so that we can move forward. And now, all of a sudden, we're in a situation where uh, the federal agencies are being put on hold and said, you can't meet with the affiliated tribes. And these are quarterly, very important quarterly meetings. Now we've got to put some issues on the back burner again because somebody up above says, we're not sure if we want you to be doing that. That doesn't help. So you follow me, Rob, on, on on, I can understand making things better under a new administration, but when you're simply trying to reverse everything, then then you're going to run into some hurdles.
0: Well, certainly it's, it's troubling if they're canceling meetings. I mean, I think at the very least we need to keep lines of communication open and and, and meet and talk sure. and try to resolve differences and, and find common ground. So that's – I don't like to hear that. Well, Chairman Fox, thank you so much for your time. I hope to keep you having bet. you on the program uh, and, and certainly hear from – from your neck of the woods, because it's a very important part of our uh, of our state and, and, of course, our nation. So, Chairman Fox, thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you Colin, and, and thank you very much for letting me speak.
0: That's uh, Chairman Fox from the MHA Nest Nation of the uh, Fort Berthold Reservation. More to come straight ahead here on The Rob Report, 701 Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. And the baby rock and roll. Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Call in 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com or uh, shoot me a tweet at Rob Port. Uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer is uh, over at Bismarck. He's holding town halls. And, And this has been a big thing where Republicans in particular hold town halls and, you know, people show up and sort of boo them and shout at them and stuff. And things got a little shouty at this event over in Bismarck. Listen we, uh, facts.
1: Let's deal with facts. Obamacare raised taxes one trillion dollars on the American public. Things like like premiums for your insurance. Was a listen, you but you don't
0: think taxes get to go down when your plan gets
1: everybody's taxes get to go down. Isn't that awesome? Think of the opportunity, the liberty. And you get more choices. You get more choices to buy what you want. With your dollars, and by the way, a very, very generous subsidy I program. I people, it. Whoa, Congratulations. Oh, okay, yeah. let's 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 speak to that because he makes a good point. He's willing. Really, Raise my taxes and I'll pay
0: for it. Raise
2: my taxes. This
0: guy wants to make a contribution. Okay, listen, just so. You- it's it, it's pretty funny if if you watch the video, it's uh, and it's available at sayanythingblog.com, courtesy of uh, Bismarck Tribune. Uh, reporter nick smith put it on twitter i i embedded it at sayanythingblog.com um go take a look at it it's it's a little i mean the guy's like up out of his seat he's charging at congressman kramer according to smith uh, that guy was eventually reject uh ejected i guess somebody who was sort of pro kramer in the crowd uh, at one point tried to grab the guy because he kept getting out of his seat and kind of running at, at, at kramer uh or walking towards him or whatever uh, and uh, i guess that guy was ejected too so so two ejections I guess I'm just wondering because I, I don't know. Like I watch the video or whatever, Natil, and I don't, I don't see these things as being all that persuasive. Um, particularly, I, I, I think maybe they could they could be effective when the politician being targeted handles it badly, right? When they get mad or they start you know shouting at the crowd or telling them to shut up or whatever, you know that backfires on the politician. But Kramer's kind of handling it well there, and it makes the crowd. If you watch the video. To me, it makes the crowd come off as sort of unreasonable. Yeah, why can't we just have a reasonable, calm discussion about the issues so that we can all get our points across and we can try to find some sort sure. of middle ground instead of, instead of this sort of unhinged shouting at each other across a coffee shop situation? Like why I mean, yeah, I mean if I listen, if you want to ask Kramer a tough question, go for it. As a matter of fact, he's on this show every week. We make the phones wide open. If you want to call in and ask him a question, whatever question you want, you can. I, I'm all for that. If it puts him on the spot, if it's hard for him to answer, whatever, so what? I'm fine with that. But I, I think when you reach a point where you're shouting and what's really unfortunate too, is that a lot of the groups, there's this this group um indivisible and they're they're operating here in North Dakota as well and they're they're sort of trying to put on this pretense that they're you know they they want you know town halls with all of their their members of congress or whatever but give me a break they're targeting republicans that's what they're out to do and it's i really it's listen there was a town hall movement and i i played a part of it way back in 2009 on the blog, I, I kept a map of where all the town hall locations were happening for Earl Pomeroy and Byron Dorgan and Kent Conrad, who was our – they were our federal delegation back then. Um, you know, and, and it was really effective because people were genuinely ticked off, and they showed up. At some of those events, they got booed. They got razzed. They got heckled a little bit. And I don't, I don't condone all of that behavior because, again, I think a lot of it, when it gets to a certain point, is – counterproductive I think that's probably what happened in Bismarck today with Congressman Kramer but I, I think those 2009 town halls were effective I mean certainly I, I think they played a part in ending the career of at that time 10 term incumbent Earl Pomeroy uh, but I, I don't know that these these sort of left-wing iterations are, are all that effective and I, I don't say that as somebody who's a conservative who obviously disagrees with with the point of view of the left wing people organizing them, but I, I, it, to me, it comes off as contrived. I mean, to me, it, it seems like it's it's it seems like they're performing specifically so that it'll be recorded so that it can be put on social media, so that it can be rebroadcast on cable news in pursuit of a political narrative, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I look at it and I see, phony not not all of it i think there are people out there who are are genuine in their feelings they're genuine in their outrage they they generally feel ups genuinely feel upset but some of the people in front of this video and i think this guy and again you can see the video at sayanythingblog.com this guy who was at the kramer event in bismarck i don't know to me it it comes across as a guy playing a part that's my two cents Hey, we're going to talk a little bit more about this BLM flaring rule with uh, Ron Ness. He's calling in next. Your phone call, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I keep having this dream. I'm at a party. There's people throwing drinks and screaming, telling me that I don't belong. Welcome back. Rob reporting on 970 WDAY. And a little bit of an update to that, uh, what I was talking about, that town hall event, uh, Kevin Kramers over in Bismarck. Uh, just added some video to my post during the commercial break. A guy kind of pretty violently struggling with police as he's being escorted out of the event, shouting, actually breaks away uh, from police and sort of runs back into the event at one point. So pretty ugly. Uh, All the video up at sayanythingblog.com if you want to check that out. But, again, I I ask the question, if if you're out there and you want to persuade people to no longer support Kevin Kramer, do you think this helps your cause? I don't. Okay, we're going to move on. North Dakota Petroleum Council President Ron Ness is on. Mr. Ness, how are you?
2: I'm doing great today, Rob. Beautiful day across North Dakota.
0: Certainly is. Uh, we had a, a pretty pretty interesting vote in the Senate yesterday. Your organization put out a press release saying you were disappointed in the way Senator Heidi Heitkamp voted on that. Explain.
2: Well, we are disappointed in uh, Senator Heitkamp's decision to not uh, approve the CRA, which would have uh, basically uh, – Set back the the rule, the uh, Obama administration rule on venting and flaring, something of which is uh, three years behind. What the state of North Dakota took swift and, and decisive action on uh, this rule, even by her in her letter following, has said it's uh, it's poorly written, it's uh, punitive, it it's duplicative, and uh, it needs to be changed. So we are we're disappointed. Uh, she was the deciding vote. Uh, this was our number one issue going in with the uh, with the Trump administration in terms of what what were the most punitive regulations put forth and this this has been number one on our list, and certainly we had thousands of North Dakotans reach out uh, and uh, so here we are. Uh, that was what we felt uh, North Dakota's one one big chance and, and one of our key votes to uh, make that determination, which would have been good for North Dakota.
0: Uh, Senator Heitkamp, I I know one one argument your organization made was that this was going to be tough for the state's economy, it was going to hurt jobs, it was going to hurt economic growth, it was going to hurt tax collections. Senator Heitkamp, and I'm reading this quote from an article by Amy Dalrymple uh, published in the Grand Forks Herald, Uh, she says, I quote, I do not believe one job will be lost in the oil patch as a result of this regulation. Your response?
2: I think she's uh, exactly uh, wrong on that. Uh, We are going to see the the federal agency staffs are already overwhelmed uh, with their reduced budgets and their reduced staffing. And uh, even even the field staffs across uh, North Dakota and and the Montana would tell you this type of burdensome duplicative uh, paperwork shuffle just slows things down. And when you slow things down, what does that mean? That means that you cannot... Uh, get the permits you need to add the rigs to do the work it it burns down the the federal agency staff which which ultimately will come back on the ability to to continue to hire people and uh the fact that uh you know the the three affiliated tribes uh had been for this and they went against it, but then they said, yeah, but we want we want to be exempted from it. Well, that tells you right there that that it's a poor rule, and that's why it needed to go away. Yesterday was that opportunity to make this go away, and it didn't happen.
0: Let me ask you about that, because we actually just had Chairman Fox on on the program, and, and I, I was trying to clarify that with him, because I've had Congressman Kevin Kramer weeks ago. We were talking a little bit about this. He had brought it up during one of our segments, and he had mentioned that, that the uh, delegation from the three affiliated tribes was in his office. He told me, and I, I double-checked with him again today, and he told me an exact quote uh they they told him that they were for the cra to overturn this rule and that senator heidi heitkamp was going to vote for it now we have senator heidi heitkamp out saying uh, you know she didn't vote for it obviously and, and defending herself saying this is what the three affiliated tribe wanted i talked to fox about it he he's denying that the tribe was ever for the cra but you're saying they were
2: uh, yeah, there was a there was a council a group of the council members that had had met with the senator earlier this year, and they they were for it. Uh, we know that, uh, she knows that, everybody knows that. And uh, but re- regardless whether the chairman wanted this or didn't want this, he didn't want it on his reservation, which uh, to me doesn't lend uh, the credibility to vote for it, but say because of them, but then say, oh no, we we want the reservation to be exempted from it.
0: Right, because that's essentially what they're saying is is they want sovereignty over their land, which I don't blame them. I want them to have sovereignty over their land too, whatever – I think they should be able to make their own determinations if they want to allow oil development or not allow it or whatever they want to do. I feel like that should be up to them. I'm I'm in favor of that. Uh, But, you know, so I, I understand his position. We don't want it to apply to us. And you're right. That does seem – I, I guess a little hypocritical everybody is using the word duplicative to describe this governor burgum used it senator hoven has used it congressman kramer has used it you have used it what does it mean duplicative are, are you referring to an, and congressman kramer says that north dakota pretty much already has the some of the most stringent emissions regulate or, or venting i guess regulations in the country is that what you're talking about when you mean d- duplicative
2: well, currently there is there is no rule on on the federal rule on these um, venting and flaring regulations in regards to uh, well operations. Or um, and the biggest thing with all of this activity is getting the permits in place so you can get those gathering lines. And once you put a well on federal land, you can get the well. Um, plugged into the gas plants. And that's where the federal agencies have always tried to spend their time as permitting these things. Now they're going to go into an entirely new uh, set of rules and regulations regarding uh, the, the well site itself and how you bring these wells on. The state of North Dakota, the North Dakota Industrial Commission does that. They've always had 100% control over that. You now have an entirely new set of federal rules. Uh, federal employees who are going to have to look at this in addition to all the other things they should be doing to try and get we all know that to get this gas captured uh... do what north dakota did get the permits in place get the gas plants built get the wells connected that that on the federal lands is a big enough challenge itself now they have an entirely new set of rules and regs that they have to follow um, and as i indicated they will tell you this is going to add more bureaucratic process, it's going to slow the process down, what's that mean under these rules? Um, you've got to shut your well in, and, and that's something that we've, we've argued uh, for a very long period of time. You're spending your focus in the wrong area. Do what the state of North Dakota did, let them do that. You work on the permit, permitting of the, of the uh, pipelines and stuff across those federal lands.
0: What do you What do you have to say? And by the way, if you have any comment or questions, seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday. Uh, what do you say to the people who you know are basically arguing? And, and Senator Heitkamp is is one of the people who makes this argument that flaring is wasteful, that we're wasting a, a valuable commodity, so we need these regulations to to end the waste. How do you respond to that?
2: Well, certainly. Uh flaring is a safety mechanism on any well. Uh, These wells come on and you're going to have flaring to some extent. The state of North Dakota has has uh, implemented the regulations. We invested $13 billion in order to capture this gas, uh, built gas plants, built pipelines. Uh, The flaring has been reduced by 54% uh, in North Dakota. It's now uh, right around that threshold, uh, a 2020 threshold, uh, that would set the flaring at about 91% capture. Uh, We've been right in that range. We're well ahead of the curve. Uh, we 've had in fact, uh, under the Obama administration, uh, they looked at what North Dakota was doing. Iraq flares all their gas in northern Iraq. What did the Obama administration do? The Department of Energy brought the Iraqi oil ministers to North Dakota to look at the way the way we are uh, managing to capture the flares and use uh, technology on these well sites so uh, we 've been leading the country in terms of uh, getting after this this issue, and this, this federal rule was targeted at the Bakken and was targeted at North Dakota. Uh, it was three years after North Dakota had already uh, tackled this issue, and now you're laying on layer after layer. The state of North Dakota has litigated this issue in, uh, in Wyoming federal court. Uh, so, uh, you know, everybody's been against this. So um, this is one of those federal regs that uh, needed to go away with the rest of them.
0: Why do you think, Senator? I mean, we, we obviously we know what she's saying publicly about this, but I mean, normally Senator Heitkamp's a pretty reliable vote for North Dakota industry. I, I I think, and I'm I'm not. I don't think anybody would would call me somebody who who supports her generally, but I acknowledge the fact that generally I think she votes the right way where North Dakota's industrial interests uh, in in intersect with public policy. Why this one? I mean, why why did she jump ship on this?
2: You know, Rob, I, I can't answer that. Uh, obviously, uh, senators get pulled in, in various directions. Uh, th- this is just one of those ones where we, we've known for a long time we were down to one or two votes. Uh, we certainly had uh, many people across the state contact or statewide trade associations, businesses, uh, understanding this one was important, and this was our number one issue and uh, we certainly had hoped that she she was going to uh, be with us on this because we, we knew it was a critical vote. But I, I can't answer that.
0: All right. Uh, Ron, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks. Mike. That's Ron Ness from the North Dakota Petroleum Council. More straight ahead. We'll wrap up the show. 701 Email talk at wday.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Oh, sailing me my
1: money, down.
0: Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Natil, uh, some, some interesting comments there on this, this BLM thing because we had Chairman Fox on in the first part of the program and he said his tribe's been opposed to the rule all along. But I know Congressman Kramer has said on this show before that the delegation from the tribe met with him and was initially for repealing the rule. And then we have Mr. Nass from the North Dakota Petroleum Council saying that he knows a council from uh, – or a delegation, I guess, from, from the tribe met with Senator Heitkamp and, and opposed the rule. And Senator Heitkamp's justifying her vote against the rule by saying that, that, that the tribe opposes it. So all of these things can't be true right? I mean, no, there's something, something's fishy. Something, something's fishy. Well, I don't know. Something's going on. Uh, All right. And this, uh, this town hall thing over in, um, over in Bismarck, and I guess, by the way, it wasn't at Bismarck. I've been corrected. It was in Mandan. So um, that was, uh, that was my mistake. Interesting, though, that how, how ugly it's getting uh and it, it did get pretty ugly there's some video online of it uh at say if you want to check it out it's again i don't i don't think that helps and and this stuff has been happening nationally it's been happening and and i'm it's 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 the resist thing it's trump right which i, I get you don't like trump you want to resist his policies hey that's democracy right i don't have a problem with that I, I think i think though the tactics do matter and i, I think we're going to reach a point where people just get a little fatigued at get a little fatigued at the constant demonstrating particularly when it becomes obnoxious right and i and i think a lot of this is definitely becoming obnoxious i mean listen it's it's one thing to, to to boo something a politician says or razz them a little bit or ask them some pointed questions, some tough questions. Hey, that's fine. That's in bounds. I'm fine with that. It's another thing to sort of be charging at your congressman and shaking your finger in his face and shouting and interrupting. Uh it's another thing when the police are trying to escort you out and you're fighting with the police. Boy, I don't know. I I, I think I think if you're politics is about persuasion, right? I mean, you want to get. You want to add people to your cause, right? You believe it's something. You believe in a certain political outcome, and you want to to add people to your cause, right? You want to bring people into the tent because when you bring people into the tent, then you can have an impact. That's when you start to turn the heads of politicians. That's when you start to affect real change and, and implement real policy reform. What doesn't work is when you act in a way that drives people away, and and I don't know. I, I think particularly here in North Dakota, where I think our population generally is not prone to sort of expressive demonstration. I think that's probably accurate, nateo Right, all the all the Germans and, and Scandinavians and everything. We're not. This is not Berkeley. No, we we don't have a tendency to emote forcefully. Right, and so and I in fact I think. Sort of culturally, in North Dakota, it, it kind of turns people off a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, I, I guess I guess that's I I don't know. I just I don't see it helping, right? I and I, I know that's the big thing, right? I mean, this is this is the tactic, right? Disrupt Kramer's town hall events, which by the way he's been holding since he, for years since he got elected. Uh, go in there, disrupt, create a scene you know, create something on, on social media that could go viral or whatever, but I, I I don't think this is gonna work. Maybe the way the people perpetrating it think it's gonna work. I really don't. I mean I don't I don't think people are gonna watch this stuff and say, oh, boy, that Kevin Kramer, I what a jerk. I'm I'm not gonna support him anymore. I don't think so. I I think they're gonna see Kramer trying to answer questions and getting shouted at. Uh, people acting Frankly, like jackholes, and, and having to get escorted out of there by police. I, Who does that persuade? Who does that convince? If anything, all it's doing is fueling the opposing side of your argument by saying, look how crazy right. the opposing side of my argument is. Look how right. insane they act at listen, good political rallies. Yeah. And listen, I mean, that was a problem we had. I helped organize Tea Party rallies once upon a time, right? I organized several here in North Dakota, and our North Dakota events were all good. I mean, all very, nobody got out of hand. Some people showed up to counter protest, but generally, I mean, it was pretty friendly. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was very North Dakota. (laughs) I'll put it that way. But nationally, the movement had some events that got a little out of hand that people got a little testy, and it makes me cringe. I don't think that persuades people. I don't think I, – honestly, I think Trump's stuff, right, where he had he had the people in the crowd and Trump's shouting from the stage, you know, saying, get him out of here, beat him up, or whatever the heck it was he was saying, I don't think that stuff helped Trump. I don't think it did. But really Trump's reaction to it I think was sort of overshadowed by the fact that people were getting in there and trying to disrupt it because some of that stuff was scary. But uh, by and large, this doesn't help you guys. I mean, if you want to show up to Kramer events and ask him tough questions, and then if he says something off the wall or goofy or whatever, then report that. Put that out there. Let people see that. But if people just see you shouting and screaming and carrying on, you're not persuading anybody. That's it for me today. You can always catch me 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, right here on 970 WDAY or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Congress or uh, Congress okay, J Thomas show coming up next. Don't go away.